Welcome to Next Steps, a podcast from Blackhawk Church in Madison, Wisconsin, where together we'll take next steps to grow in our relationship with Christ, to be formed into the kind of people He's created us to be, and to better love and serve those around us. Let's jump in. Well, hey, you guys, welcome back to week two of the Live This Book series here on the podcast. Uh, y'all, last week we were um, recording from Chris Cop's office, which you heard during the Q&A. <laughs> well, today we have a live audience. We are right next to the women's restroom. So if you <laughs> hear cheering or conversation or flushing, just ignore it. It's fine. Uh, we're glad to be. We're just glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, right on cue. Maybe you hear it in the bathroom right now. I like to think that they're cheering for what we we're say. Cheering. But if it's flushing, it wasn't because we said something <laughs> bad. So <laughs> Totally. It's great. All right, well, joining us today is Matt Metzger, senior pastor here at Blackhawk, and today we are talking about one of the most foundational aspects of who God is, the fact that God is a personal and relational God. So Matt, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Tiff and Chris, and uh, and let me just say, there is a party going on in that <laughs> bathroom right now. If you are here for women's Bible study on Thursday morning and went yeah. to the bathroom, yeah, we might be listening to you right now. So, so fun. Yeah. What do? Never mind. I don't yeah. even want to yeah. know. <laughs> Should we just slowly back yeah. away? Yeah. From... <laughs> Next question. Next question. All right. So fun. Okay, Matt. So to start off, one of the things that you talked about on Sunday was the idea that God wants a personal relationship with us. So for those listening who don't have a personal relationship with God, or maybe who haven't really experienced God in that personal way before, I think the idea of of having a relationship with God can be confusing. Like, okay, so like, what does that look like in real life? How do you know that you're not just talking to yourself? But, but can you, so can you describe a little bit of, of what that journey has looks like, has looked like for you in the past, but also what that looks like now? Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, so for, for me personally, um, and I'm guessing that for some people listening, you might have had that ex- this type of an experience. I, I grew up in a Christian family uh, and, and grew up in a church that very much believed from the earliest memories that you could have a personal relationship with Jesus. So I don't ever remember a time in my life where I, w- like I wasn't hearing those words of this idea of personal relationship that you can have with Jesus, much like the women in the bathroom right now and the personal <laughs> relationships and conversations that we're having with them. But, but so with that whole idea of this personal relationship that you can have with Jesus, I remember hearing about it, but like, I don't know, through my elementary school years, like really having the question of like, what exactly does that look like? Yeah. But feeling at the same time really awkward asking those questions, you know, because I felt like I was supposed to know what it looked like Mm -hmm. and yet had a really hard time kind of diving in and figuring out what that was like and then feeling confident enough or comfortable enough to say those things out loud. Mm -hmm. And so I used to compare myself to all kinds of other people, people who were older than me Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, and remember just thinking, man, they have such strong relationships with Jesus. What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was always kind of a struggle. It was one of those things that was confusing and hard for me to really wrap my mind around. And there were times where I felt like, okay, I think I'm doing this right. And then other times where I felt like, man, I don't even know what this was supposed to look like. I'd have times where I felt like Jesus and I were like doing good together. And then times like, 
high school, different times where like you fell into like some bigger areas of sin, do stupid stuff mm-hmm. on the weekends and you feel distant from God and wonder like, did I just lose everything mm-hmm. in this relationship mm-hmm. that I had? And so it was this ebb and flow of, of trying to figure it out along the way. And it really wasn't until I started to get to college and was um, around some different people who were stronger than me in my faith, but really able to help me like talk through what that looked like and to hear their own personal stories that I really started to grab onto. One, that like this idea that, okay, it is hard to figure out what a personal relationship with Jesus really is supposed to look like. And it is confusing and we're always going to have questions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here I am, you know, 51 years old and still sitting here going, yeah, it's difficult to explain exactly Mm -hmm. what a personal relationship with Jesus really (laughs) looks like. And, um, and I feel like for me, even now there's, there's like a big element of a personal relationship with Jesus that is based upon faith. And, and I feel like that's where I have to start in so many ways. I have to be able to go to scripture and to be able to land on passages of scripture that remind me that God desires a relationship with me, that, um, that he's not far, far from me. You know, I always think of Acts 17, which is this particular story, uh, you know, where, uh, where um, who is it? It, it, it? Paul is with Areopagus in the book of Acts. And, uh, and he's talking to this group of people in Athens. The Areopagus was this group of philosophers that would get together and talk about different things. And one of the things that he says to them in, in this particular passage is he's trying to explain to them who Jesus is. He said um, that, that God set our times aside in hopes that we would reach out for him and perhaps find him, mm-hmm. though he is not far from any of us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this picture that, look, God is always one who's way closer to us than we realize and desires this personal relationship. So I've got to grab on to passages like that and believe that. Yeah, yeah. There's a faith element for me that comes in to this personal relationship uh, that I have to be able to grab onto. And, uh, and that, I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but that's always been incredibly important for me mm-hmm. as a, as a starting point. Um, because otherwise you can feel like, am I just talking to myself? Mm-hmm. Like, is this even really doing anything? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it's really diving into the ebb and flow mm-hmm. of there are times where I feel really, really close with God. Mm-hmm. And like, I am like I am, I'm not audibly hearing him, but I am sensing him speaking to me mm-hmm. about different things in my life. But then I go through seasons too, where it's like, ah, there's not much happening and I'm doing this out of obedience, yeah. you know, more yeah. than anything else mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So. And that God is, God is honored and God is glorified in both of those, in both of those things. When, when he feels far and when he feels near, like, and you're just still faithfully obeying him. So that's, that's really cool. Right. And so I think it's important yeah. to hold on to that. Um, that he, us faithfully walking in obedience and faithfulness, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't really understand what's going on, but that God, like, that's good. And God, that's honoring to him. Yeah. One of the things that helps me with that, I know that we just got done with, um, for this past summer, we do this a lot during the summer. We'll do a section of the summer called Psalms for the summer. And one of the things I love going back to in the book of Psalms is that you'll find these Psalms where you feel like, man, the author of whichever Psalm you're reading, David or whoever it might be, like there is this close, intimate relationship they have with God. And then it might be followed up by the next Psalm being like, God, where the heck are you? <laughs> I have no idea where you are and you feel distant. And will you just show yourself? Yeah. And, uh, and I always appreciate the, um, I don't 
don't know, like the roller coaster ride of the Psalms that way, because for me, I feel like that's what my relationship with Jesus looks like more than anything else. Yeah. I feel like over the last four or five years for me, like I've had to try to cultivate an awareness of God's mm-hmm. presence in my life. Um, and just, yeah, try to be in tune with the ways like he is speaking and the ways that he's present and all that kind of stuff. I wish that he would like shout through a megaphone. Like (laughs) I'm kind of dense sometimes, right? Like, and and be really clear about things or like, I don't, not to get too sidetracked here, but like why we're in like this video age, social media, why wouldn't Jesus show up in the year 2022? Everyone like can see him and know him and like, man, there's proof forever that he's real, Mm. but that's not the way that God chose to work. He's much more subtle and quiet than that. And that's really frustrating to me time at times, but, um, but yeah, learning to grow an awareness of how he's working at my Mm. working in my life has been just Mm. huge and I'm still not great at it. Um, but, but yeah, trying, trying to grow in this awareness of, of how he's at work in my life, how he's speaking to me, um, and try to cultivate that and learn new ways of doing that has been really important. So Chris, how do you cultivate that? Like, what is, can you give like little practical things of what right now, what that looks like? Cause I'd be yeah, curious. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I think, um, I won't give a ton of like practical skills or things like that, but really just like, I think it comes down for me to slowing down, um, and taking time to reflect, um, and just to kind of to, to sit and even be bored at times rather than like constantly watching Netflix or listening to a podcast, um, or that kind of stuff. Listen to this podcast, of <laughs> course. Listen, don't turn it off. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, just having space to kind of quiet mm-hmm. myself. Like God's not going to shout through all the other noise in my mm-hmm. life. Um, so how do I just find opportunities mm-hmm. to try to slow down and be still and, and to listen to him? And there's a lot of ways of doing that, but it kind of comes down to slowness and stillness. So. Yeah. It's difficult. It's yeah. just difficult to figure those things out. I mean, when, I mean, one of the passages that I went through in my message was John chapter four, which says God is spirit. Worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So it's this idea, okay, what are the truths of God's word of, of who scripture says that God is, but then how do I have a relationship with a God who is spirit? Mm-hmm. He's personal, mm-hmm. but we all know he's so different yeah. than us. So to yeah. be able to step into a relationship mm-hmm. that way is different, but I have to buy into the idea of what scripture tells mm. me that not only it's, it's possible, but it can be unbelievably fulfilling mm. to me and actually transformative in the way that I live my life and in the way that I experience mm. him. So, but okay. figuring out what that looks like for me, man, it's different. So one of the things yeah, that so you Yeah, so what is it now? I'd be like, what's that look yeah, like you know, right now in the season? Yeah, it, um, so for me, it ebbs and flows and, uh, and, and there's variety within it. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, one of the things I talked about in my message is the moment that we get to the place of comparing ourselves to other people, we're dead in the water Mm. because I can, I can compare myself to a person who is rhythm and routine doing the same thing that works for them every day. And as soon as I do that, like, Mm. man, I, um, I'm toast because I just look at myself and go, well, I must not be that spiritual Mm. for me. There is a variety to my relationship with Jesus. And I'll get into certain rhythms for a period of time, but oftentimes for me, it has to do, um, prayer is a big element for me, but oftentimes I have to get to a place to where like I can pray and I can pray out loud. 
Like I, like I will have a space in my house that I can go to mm. and I just simply pray out loud because if I'm doing that anywhere else, I just look like a weirdo. <laughs> and so, but I have to be able to do that. But part of it is I'm a really communicative person and an extrovert and I have to be able to speak that way. Yeah. And, uh, um, I find that, you know, I always wanted to be a journaler or either of you journalers, uh, seasons in my life, I have. Just seasons, not, when yeah. I know. Yeah, Man, yeah, I yeah. well, I it has never worked for me. <laughs> so, like, I I have like it's funny. I in my end drawer in uh, in our bedroom, I think I have probably like like like. 10 to 12 different journals that are like partially started. <laughs> like four and I, pages. Yeah, and I get through like eight pages and then it's like, it's done. And then I'm going to try it again. This is the year. Exactly, this is the year. It never works. It never works. Oh, yeah. And uh, But part of it is because my brain can't keep up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when, when um, like I'm not a note writer for Rachel, you know, oh, yeah. like or to yeah. write like a romantic yeah. letter or something. I just, my mind works faster yeah. than my hand does. So anything that I write, it just ends up feeling stupid. So, um, so I... I tend to with God. I it doesn't work for me to journal yeah. all that well. But yeah. I always thought if I if I was going to be a good Christian, I got up before the sun rose. Oh, you know, no. and I would read my Bible, preferably in the King James version, and then and then I would journal. You know, with a cup of tea, yeah. not a cup of coffee. Mm. So and like there was just this picture. That's what it was supposed to be. Never worked for me. So for me, yeah. um, it's getting those times where I can speak with God out loud. You know, I mean, that's a, like, that's a big element for me. It's just being able to do that. I will, um, read scripture. Most of the time I'm not reading a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, like right now I've been going through a particular devotional where they'll have a couple verses of scripture that I look at. And then what I do is I go back to that passage and I'll read that entire chapter, but I rarely ever read more than a chapter. And, uh, and again, that's one of those places, even it's so funny, even saying that out loud right now, I'm like, I sound, it's okay, Matt. yeah, it's okay. I know just, I need to be, yeah. If you can make me feel better about myself right now, as I say that, but, um, I won't read more than a chapter and I'll just sit and I'll read and I'll look at those places of what God is kind of, what's, what's coming out to me. What's it saying to me as I'm reading it? Um, and, uh, and I'll spend time doing that. Sometimes I'll listen to scripture um, and, uh, and I value doing that right now. I have actually, I've been going back through, uh, the Bible again and, uh, but I've been listening to it, um, in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message. Mm-hmm. And that has felt so fresh mm-hmm. to me. Wow. Part of it, I just like the voice of the guy who's saying it. And, uh, um, but I mean, I'll go for walks and just sit and take in bigger chunks of scripture as I just listen to it. And there's something that just feels fresh to me in the way that I've gone through that. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, for me, there's a big element of just being with other believers, but having intentional conversation on like, okay, what's God doing in your life? Um, even praying with people that way. Mm-hmm. I find that sometimes my walk with God and my prayer times are more rich when I'm with other people than if I'm just praying by myself. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. I can't even exactly think of the things that I want to pray for, but I listen to someone else's prayer and I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say. And I can enter into that with them. So, so for me, it's much more communal, which is not a surprise. I mean, I'm the person, if I'm, if I'm by myself for five minutes, that's too long and I'd rather be with somebody else, but that's the way, but so, some of it for me, it's getting to that place of just realizing that's the way I'm wired. Yeah. That's the way God created me. And if God's that creative to create 7.7 billion people and create them differently, then why would he expect everybody to relate to him the exact same mm-hmm. way? 
I mean, it's kind of like when you look at relationships in your life. Right. I mean, how many relationships look exactly the same, whether it be with family members or close friends or roommates or people on a sports team that you're on? Every one of them looks different. So God's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's that's super interesting. Going back to what you said a few minutes ago. So you like you talk out loud to God and that's your way of having conversation with him. Yeah, I was doing that this morning. I that's... was sitting in my bedroom at the edge of my bed, facing the wall with my hands in my face. And I was talking out loud and Rachel came into the room. I didn't even realize she was there. And she's kind of like, are you OK? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm just praying. She's like, oh, sorry. And went out. But I mean, I will pray out loud because I find that if I try to just pray and just think my prayers, my mind is everywhere. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm praying and then I'm thinking about the situation I was praying about. And then that's taking me down three other roads. And then I'm thinking about a Netflix show that I was going to (laughs) watch. And then I'm like, oh yeah, God, wait, I was praying. And so for me, it's out loud. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's super interesting. I don't, I don't think I knew that about you, but if I did, and like, th- again, with the comparison game, if I like held you up in that way, of which like, you well, should, well, I've got to, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. not anyone else, but, yeah. uh, but if I held you up of like, oh, this is, this is what it looks like to be spiritual and have a relationship with Jesus. Like that would never, ever work for me. I can emphatically <laughs> yes. say, I don't think it would work for you no, either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So again, the comparison mm-hmm. thing, like like you said, I love that you talked about that on Sunday. Like we're dead in the water if we start to to do that because I know well enough about myself that that would would never work. Um, but super interesting that that's one of the ways that, that you connect. I love that. Yeah, there is. I mean, it, it, there's just there's no win in comparison when yeah. we get to that place. Yeah. yeah. Tiff, what about you? What does that journey look like for you? Yeah. Well, recently, actually, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm reflecting on it as you're talking because I do feel like there was a time maybe. I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago, right? I began to learn about some of the more contemplative ways of um, communing with God, right? So um, just different forms of prayer and getting really quiet and all these things, um, which I really enjoyed. It was it was helpful, but I, I kind of let go of some things. I let go of my of like rich Bible study, mm. even though that mm. was where like when I learned something new about God, I worship like there's like nothing like that. Right. Yeah. So, but I felt like, Oh shoot. Am I just like a head on a stick? Like maybe I need to lean into this like emotional contemplative, which was helpful. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like I kind of let go of the Bible study thinking that mm. was the wrong thing. Like, mm. Oh, I'm just yeah. too intellectual. That's not like, but now I'm really missing it. So in the past year I've started to pick that up again and realize, wow, I actually, this is, I really connect to God this yeah. way. And yeah. so um, I think they're just like different seasons, right? And maybe it was a season of life. Um, sure. But I love how you talked about that unique, how we are uniquely wired and that there's different stages of faith, I think, that yes. we come in that we're different. We connect with God in different ways. Yeah. Our, our relationship with God looks different. Yeah. Um, or even stages of life. Yeah. You know, I have, when I had four kids that are oh, zero, man. one, three, and five, I couldn't, right, like, I don't even know yeah. how I connected. Basically, yeah. I connected with God doing dishes. Like, right. that was my putting kids to bed. But now my kids are in high school and middle school. So what does that look like? Actually, I have some time back, and yeah. I can dig deeper. I can think some I can think some thoughts, um, and it was fantastic. So, right, and God's meeting me in different ways. So, um, but, but I do wonder, Matt, for those people who, you know, they're like, man, I did X, Y, and Z. It really, you know, I was connecting with God. 
but you know, these days that's just not working. Like, I feel like God's not showing up in that. Do you have any, like what, how, how would you pastor them? What, what would you say when God feels far away or when God, you know, if, if kind of the way that they were connecting with God isn't working anymore, what would you, how would you kind of pastor them in that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I mean, Tiff, it's interesting, like, as you're saying that, I mean, the thing that comes to mind, I know, I know one, sorry, there's like eight thoughts that just came into my head at one time, and I'm trying to get them all out at the same moment. Remember, he's an external processor, so there's (laughs) lots of things. Too many, too many thoughts. Yeah. Um, If you're in that place, I think the thing I want you to hear more than anything else is welcome to the club because you're totally normal. Yeah. Mm. Because honestly, I, I don't know if I've been in a relationship with a believer who gets real, who hasn't said that they go, that they don't go through those kind of seasons. Like that's just a normal part of really, when you think about it, it's a normal part of any relationships we have with people. You know, I mean, there is an element where things can get dry and stale and difficult and you can feel like you're going through the motions and it's routine and it's just what you've always done and it doesn't seem to be working as well. Mm. And, um, and yet when we get to those places with relationships with people, we don't just give up on those relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are different steps that we need to take. Sure, we can easily go into it where we just, that's just the way that it is and we don't change anything. But the, the greatest relationships are where we break through those ceilings, but we continue to be faithful as we're trying to figure out what those next steps are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a place like that, I think that one, I think that having conversations with other believers is really good. Because it's in the same way that like the comparison game can be such an awful thing, man, there are, there are other things that people do to connect with God that I've had a chance to, to, to hear about and they've transformed the way that I connect with God. Wow. You know, I mean, just simply by being able to try some different things and, uh, and experiment with different stuff that like works for other people that I might've not ever thought of. Like I can remember, okay, like one of the things that I love, um, is worship music. Like I, i really connect with God through music, musical worship. And, uh, like if you ever see me in the front row at church or in the back row, like I'm probably have my hands raised. I'm one of those people who close their eyes. Um, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll bounce around a little bit and pretend like I can dance, you know, like that, (laughs) that's just for me, that is a way that I connect with God deeply, but that was not always me. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, um, so I grew up in a, in a, like a, a very, um, like traditional high church, frozen chosen Presbyterian Mm -hmm. church, you know, in South Florida, that was very traditional choir robes, the whole deal. And, uh, and so, like worship was not something that we really entered into. And I had never done anything with that. And in fact, like when I was around people who like raised their hands, like it made me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and kind of weird. Yeah. And, um, and, and then I remember going to a conference with a buddy who was an extroverted worshiper. And, uh, and we got into a conversation one night and we were talking about our own relationships with the Lord. And he's like, Matt, there's just something for me that happens when I'm just able to, to kind of like let myself worship freely and raise my hands and do the things I do. And the next day we were in this, we were in this session. And I remember like the music, like the worship music was great. And I'm sitting there and I'm 
like, and I'm really letting myself sing. I had never really like sung that loud because Presbyterians don't really sing that loud. <laughs> and, and, and I, w- but I was letting myself kind of go and, um, but feeling uncomfortable with it. And I remember like, look, like kind of opening an eye and he was looking at me and he took my hands and like put them <laughs> up. And I was like, oh, this is feeling awkward. I had already thought like, okay, like, do I raise my hands? Like just sort of up just a little bit, like just above the elbow, you know, like, but this feels strange. And he put my hands up and I felt so awkward and so uncomfortable, but I just allowed myself to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, bam, I, I wouldn't say by the end of that session that we were in, but like, as we got into that conference, it was like, there was something that opened for me just in me being willing to try something different. I was experiencing God in a different way through me being an expressive person, but never realizing I could bring that to God. There was something that opened up for me that was just massive, but I would have never known that had there not been somebody to kind of challenge me and for me to open myself up to some different ideas. So kind of like Tiff in the same way that like you're talking about some of the contemplative stuff that you stepped into. I mean, Chris, I'm sure you have stories of different things like that. I don't know if you want to share anything even right now. No, to be honest, I, I can't get out of my head. I mean, that story's amazing. The guy lifts your hands up. I'm just thinking of that scene from Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell where he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Anyway, this this isn't a visual When medium. Will Ferrell comes into the podcast, yeah. it's... So I got stuck there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so no, I don't have a, a contemplative story to share. Um, but I, where were we? I don't know where we, where we were just Well, going, I just but. think, I think that with any of it, the place that I was trying to go to is that when, when we can open our ourselves up to different ideas um, of ways to be able to connect with God. I think that oftentimes we find something on the other side that might feel uncomfortable, but can also feel incredibly fresh and can open us up to different types of, man, um, depth in our relationship with God. You know, Rachel and I like have, um, you know, like as like we go to um, a different restaurant of a different type of a food that we have never tried before, you know, and we're just going to enter We kind of get into our normal routine of like, these are the re- restaurants mm-hmm. we like to go to. This is what we do on a date night. These are the places that we go. All of a sudden we step outside of that and it can feel like weird and uncomfortable. And, but there's something that takes place mm-hmm. in the conversation we have, mm-hmm. in the directions that we go, in the laughter that comes, in the meal that we order that we wish we hadn't ordered, and now we want to get something different. And But th- like, there's something that happens in our connection and our intimacy just through trying something mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that sometimes for people, I think there's an element of that of just being able to dive into mm-hmm. it. It's really good. So, and then another thing is that um, I think there is something to our relationship with God of just being faithful. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you were saying early, earlier, Tiff, of just like, yeah, like there are times where I feel like I'm going through my relationship with God and I'm going through the motions and it's based on obedience and I get to the end of quiet time in the morning and I've got to get going to work and I feel like that did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And I can go through that for, for man, weeks and, and yet when I look back at my relationship with God over a period of time, um, there's a difference. Like, in other words, like, it's kind of like how, like, when you're, when you're doing anything with finances, they tell you not to look at your numbers, you know, day by day, because it just, you're not really going to be able to tell all that much. Yeah, yeah. But when you look, o- look at it over a track record of like a six month to a few year period mm-hmm. of time, you see a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, oftentimes in my relationship with God, that's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. It's more looking at it over the periods of time, 
over the situations and circumstances that I've gone through in my life, the highs and lows that have been amazing or have been really difficult, and walking with God through all of those where I look at it and I go, okay, my relationship with God looks different now in 2022 mm. than it did in 2018. Mm. And, and yet if I were to look at it day by day, it's not that every day is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's there are plenty of those days where it's obedience, but mm-hmm. it's small amounts of time over time that transform things. Oh, so good. Yeah. There's one resource, um, Matt, you made me think about, uh, called Sacred Pathways by this guy named Gary Thomas. I think he wrote mm-hmm. The Five Love Languages, oh, too. I mean, yeah, 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 for yeah. better or worse. Um, but, um, Gary Chapman. Oh, is it Gary Chapman? Yes, Gary Chapman. Sorry, yes, Gary Chapman. I was like Gary um, Thomas. I, I think need so. to find I know. out is who it, he is. is it Gary well, Thomas? you all can write it. Yes, yeah. you let two. us know <laughs> if it's Gary Thomas Kathleen. or Gary Chapman. So, first person who can tell me which one of those, we'll give him a free copy. No, I'm not really. Um, but he wrote this book about. It's called like the nine sacred pathways. I don't think that they're sacred. I mean, like particularly sacred, or these are the only nine. But he talks about like how some people um, being in nature, right, yeah. is like a door opening to relationship with mm-hmm. God. Like they can sense God when they're walking in nature. For me, I'm like, I need to be indoors in a climate-controlled room <laughs> in order to be blessed to experience God. Sorry, it's supposed to be. Preferably or, with a London fog yes, tea. Yes, that is so right. So right. <laughs> um, but for some, there's one. Um, is, uh, he said it's through confrontation that people experience God. So it's like uh, people who are activists, right? So people who are who are speaking up for other people, like that can be a form of when people do that, like yeah. they, they their heart is singing. Like yeah. they feel so connected to the Lord. Yes. Anyway, he goes through nine different ones. But I think that's like there's things that I think are outside or normal what we think of as ways to connect with God that – um, it's how he's wired. So, I mean, yeah. I would say like, Hey, if you're having a hard time, like trying to figure out that could be a book that you kind of pick up mm. from, from your local library or whatever, um, to begin just to, to kind of open your eyes and see some different ways that maybe you didn't even know about. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, yeah, um, that's really good. I put our, uh, producer and research assistant on it and it is in fact, Gary Thomas. Oh, so, so is it really? Yeah. Uh, so it was right and wrong. So it's so because like the, is the, the five love language. The five love language, guy. I believe is Gary Chapman. Oh my gosh. So that's so confusing. Why would life? they have very similar names? Seriously. Right? Similar oh. names. So. These guys my need whole to life, I thought that they were the same person. So this is, uh, <laughs> I'm learning something new today. There's our learning for the day. <laughs> no, but I love, there. again, just going back a few moments, the idea of just putting yourself out there and trying something different too. And I mean, what leads us to do that? Well, it's these seasons where maybe maybe God intentionally makes it feel like he's just not as present in our lives. He's mm. not as involved. Mm. A, a lot of uh, books written about like kind of phases of spirituality and stuff will call call it hitting the wall. Like you feel mm-hmm. like you're hitting the wall. Um, and maybe out of a sense of desperation, you do things like you let a dude raise your hands and you try to worship in a different way, or you try different contemplative practices. That's again, a lot of my story over the last four to five years felt like I hit a wall, the same sort of stuff wasn't working anymore. And so tried some new things to connect with God, um, in different ways. And so, yeah, anything you can do to kind of change it up and to, um, put yourself out there and try something different. I think God wants to lead us deeper. He's not content to just leave like, yeah, that like morning 20 minute thing is working. That has been working for the last few years, but you know what? I want to take you deeper. And so he leads us into these seasons where, um, maybe it feels like we hit a wall and then he takes us to a place eventually that we didn't think that we could go, um, as we come through that. So it's a little bit of my journey as well. That's really good. And you know, Chris, as you're saying that, I mean, I, I think that for plenty of people, they hit a wall over these last few years. 
Oh, for sure. And I just want to encourage you, if you're one of the people who is listening right now, who you feel like, yep, I hit a wall. And in fact, my walk with the Lord just kind of tanked. And there has been nothing going on for the last few years. Man, I just want to encourage you to dive back in regardless of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and the diving back in, man, it can just feel awkward and uncomfortable. And, uh, and there can be all kinds of feelings of like guilt and shame and everything. But I'm just telling you, those feelings are not of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, he desires to be in relationship with you. You know, like as Acts 17, regardless of what the last few years have looked like, he is not, not far from you and just waiting for you to reach out. And so I just want to encourage you. And the only reason why I bring that up, Chris, you just reminded me of it is the last few years have just been incredibly hard. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who were like, yeah, I just sort of, it wasn't a big intentional thing. I just sort of stopped, you know, in the same way that so many things in our lives over the last few years stopped. Mm -hmm. My relationship with Jesus stopped and yeah, never really started back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't stay in that place. So God desires to take you deeper. Mm. That's good. Well, kind of to wrap up, maybe one last question, Matt. Um, one of the things that we talked about last week is that we don't want just to read this book, right, that we're a part of the series or study this book, but we want yeah. to live this book. Yep. So from your perspective, if we really understood, right, that God was a personal and relational God, how do you think that it would change the way we live? Oh, man. That's so deep, Tiff. I mean... Way to go ending mm-hmm. in a place like that. So... <laughs> I think that I think that if we got this, if we understood how much God really does desire to be in deep relationship with us and how personal he really was, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I think it would transform our lives. I think it would transform the way that we spent our time. Mm. Because I think that for um, a, a lot of us, myself included, like as life gets busy and stressful and we have all sorts of things going on, it, it like, man, relationship with God can be another thing on the to-do list that you check off. And there are like, there are still days where it's like, well, yep, spent my time with the Lord, check. And I'm doing that in the back of my mind. And yet I feel like if I were to understand the depth of relationship I can have with God and the way that he desires to connect with me, um, man, I know that when I'm understanding that my, my time with the Lord and my richness with God, it, it's just different. There's something different with it. Um, I think that it changes the way that I, for any of us, I think it would change the way that we lived our lives. Um, you know, um, I mean, just to get really practical, I think it would reduce the amount that we sin. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think that if we understood the relationship, because for so many of us, um, when we when, still, when we think about Christianity, our minds go to the things that I do and the things that I don't do, and it can easily become about the checklist. And um, you know, more it ends up looking more like religion and less like relationship. And the reality is, relationship is the thing that transform our lives, not checklist of rules and regulation. Rules and regulation move us in a direction where our behavior is different, but it doesn't really change who it is that we are. Relationship is the thing that changes us, you know? And I know when I'm in close relationship with anybody, man, the impact that they have on me and the way that I become a different person because of that relationship is massive in comparison to if I'm just trying to live by rules and regulations of something I'm supposed to do. And so I think that I think that our I think we would live freer. I think that we would be people who have um, less guilt 
and shame and regret and deal with less consequences of things that we do in our lives that we look back and go, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And, um, and so I think it would transform the people who we are. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, and I, <laughs> I think God gets that. Mm. And that's why he's like, look, there is nothing greater than a relationship with me. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I know in a sinful, broken world, that's going to be hard to break through. But I feel like the more that we strive to pursue that, the more, um, the more rich and free and full our lives actually can be. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, a good thing if you're if you've made it this far, you're still listening to, just to sit in this week. Matt um, gave a kind of a really succinct presentation of the gospel at the end of his message this past Sunday and an opportunity to, to kind of press into that and to receive Jesus. Um, but man, wh- what would it look like if every morning you woke up and you kind of preached the gospel to yourself that I am loved and accepted and valued. God is crazy about me. He's in relationship with me. Um, yeah, how does that change the rest of your day and the decisions that you make and, and that kind of thing? Which, again, is why I love that we're doing this series and we're sitting in that story every single week. Already, uh, I think all of us around this table are having conversations with people who are realizing some of those things. Like, if God is involved in my life in the kind of way that we're talking about, then, man, I was living to build my paycheck, but I'm taking a step back from things now and reevaluating. Or I wanted to progress in my... Um, in my career and trying to, I was focused on climbing the ladder and now I'm taking a step back again. I'm like, man, if this gospel is true and God is personal in my life, what are the ramifications of that? So I love that that's already happening in our community. It's going to continue Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, but yeah, maybe something to try just every morning you wake up and kind of preach the gospel to yourself, remind yourself of the things that are true of you, that God wants a relationship with you, that he's pursuing you. And what does that change throughout the day? Um, I know that's been helpful as, as I've done that in different seasons. I love that, you guys. So good. Well, Matt, thank you for joining us. I hope you'll be back. Thanks for having me. Can't wait. Yeah, so good. Um, Y'all, be sure to join us next week. We are going to be talking uh, with Chris Dolson and Jeff Harden, uh, who's the chair of the Department of Integrative Biology at UW, which I heard is a fancy way of saying zoology. (laughs) Um, So it's great. Uh, And he, you're going to hear about both him and Chris Dolson talk about some of the ways that the study of science has actually led them deeper in their faith. So you won't want to miss that. Um, But now we're going to head on over to our Q&A segment. Um, Thanks so much for sending in those questions. Keep them coming. Uh, We've we've been loving getting those. Um, So here we go. We know you got some questions. Let us answer them. All right. Well, question for this week. Thanks for sending this one, Erin, is as follows. She says, I'm wondering what pace the reading plans are designed to be read at. Uh, Like the 30-day plan, would it synchronize best with the sermons if we read one day per week? Or what about the year-long plans? Are those synchronized with the messages at all? Uh, Or do we just read through the plans until we get all the way through things? Tiffany, can you uh, help us give us some clarity as to how these reading plans work? Okay, this is great. Great question. We have had other conversations about this. So thank you so much, Aaron. All right. So these three reading plans are actually not synchronized to the sermon series. So that's different than what we've done in the past. So let me just walk through real fast. So we have Eat This Book reading plan, which is you read every word of the Bible. (laughs) Over the course of 12 months, uh, you read a little bit every day. Uh, So that would be if you are just wanting to like dig in 100%, maybe you've never done that before. It's a good challenge that you feel up for. That'd be great for you. 
Uh, second is the love this book reading plan. You're not reading every single word of the Bible, but I'm pretty sure it's still a 12-month reading plan. Do you know if that's right, Chris? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. So this, the, the, the amount of scripture you're reading is going to be a little bit less every day. You're still going to get the story. You're still going to understand, okay, what is, what is the story of the Bible? But we know that that's a long, that's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole year. So we wanted to create for this time a 30-day reading plan um, where you would read every day, um, but you would get the story of scripture in just 30 days. So we walked through, try to pull out the highlights so you kind of understand the big overarching arc. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the reality is if you do this 30-day reading plan, this like six, seven, sometimes eight chapters a day. That is a lot. You're going to be reading for 30 to 45 minutes. And so that's okay. So if you are the kind of person who just wants to read a chapter or two a day, you don't have to finish the whole day in a day. So just yep. read a chapter or two, come back the next day. Maybe this 30-day reading plan will take you 60 days or 90 days. I don't know. Um, and that's totally okay. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that we created a plan that somebody could jump in at any point of this year and still kind of feel like they get the overarching uh, view of Scripture. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's hard for some of us uh, more type A personalities. Like we just want to check it off and get it done with, right? But um, like earlier this summer, I just finished going through a Bible in a year plan. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my time with this. And so I didn't, you know, read all of the stuff every single day. It took me, I think, 15 or 16 months, which is perfectly okay. Just do whatever um, works for you. The reality is with the way that we're doing the sermon series and just tracing themes and that kind of thing um, throughout these nine months in this series is that none of these are going to like really line up with with what we're talking about perfectly. So it's not like you're going to read a few chapters and then you're going to hear about it on Sunday. That's a little bit different than the previous times that we've done this series if you've been around for a while. So just do whatever is helpful for you. Um, and honestly, these aren't like, you know, we, we didn't obviously write the scriptures that are a part of these plans and there's a ton of other ones on version as well. So if you just want to go through, um, the new Testament in a year after you finish the 30 day one or whatever is helpful for you, there's all kinds of plans on there. So you could check those out too. Yeah, that's good. And maybe one more thing I would say, um, for those of you who are wondering, well, Tiffany, why didn't you create a reading plan that goes along with um, this year? Well, the reality is we're going to be hanging out in Genesis until the end of October. <laughs> so you would have been reading the book of Genesis, for, even the first like 10 chapters for three months. So it just didn't quite really work. Um, so that's kind of why. But uh, so hopefully you can in- you know, be okay with that response. And um, yes, you'd be able to jump in. I think, right, because like getting the scripture inside of us is is, is what we're mm-hmm. going for. And so um, grace to you as you um, pick a plan, start reading, stop reading, get back on the train later on down the road. Right. Uh, grace to you. Um, so it's great. Awesome. Well, let's call it a day. Thanks again for listening this week. We'll see you next time.